Welcome back to the Pursued Interest Podcast. I am your host, Zach Goldsmith. In the studio today, as always, is my good friend, Mr. Producer Matt. Matt has a tangled web here, a nest of rats, to uh, bring us a very special guest today. So I'm going to get to her in just a moment. But Matt, I just want to take a minute to thank you for all the work you do. Every episode sounds a little better. Uh, My guest host today, though, is the writer of the very great, very excellent Spider Who story. If you're not reading it, you have a lot of work ahead of you. You do not read as fast as I do, so it will take you a little longer than it did me, as it is a tome of wonderful literature about the great uh, Spider-Man and Mary Jane Watson. And she's working on the next great fantasy novel, which I don't know the title of, so I'm going to guess that it is going to be called The Queen of Ivory and Nightmares. The Great Brooklyn is my guest today. No last name. It's like Prince. Just the one name. That is such a great introduction. Thank you so much. Yes, I'm Brooklyn. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. (laughs) All the listeners are very excited to have you. I love the title, by the way. I might steal it. Now, see, I was going to ask you, is it a a male or a female protagonist or villain? Um, So it's an ensemble. So there are a bunch of different protagonists. And it's kind of an epic where a bunch of storylines come together and they converge slowly into one. Oh, great. So, yes, feel free to use that title then. Okay, absolutely. I will. I'll steal it. That was my entire lunch today was like, I'm going to come up with a title for this book that I know nothing about other than it's a fantasy novel. And I'm going to pitch it live. It's shrouded in secrecy. Yeah. I mean, that's you have to do that. You got to keep the people waiting. Yep, the anticipation is rising. <laughs> you give them plenty of teases with the Spider Who and the Harry Potter stories they can go read that you've put together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I'm actually surprised that you brought up the spy- uh, the Harry Potter stories. <laughs> surprised? Why is that? <laughs> I have not touched those. I have not touched those in a couple of years. Those have been abandoned. Well, see, I knew they existed. I have never read Harry Potter, so I thought it was probably best not to start with that. That's so funny is because um, I was not allowed to read Harry Potter until I was an adult. Interesting. No, mm-hmm. see, in our house, you escaped from whatever was happening by reading. So I, I could have read them. I just didn't. Now, mm-hmm. my, my daughter loves them. She's read each of them five or six times. And then I hear the movies occasionally, but I have never seen the movies either. So I know all of my knowledge comes from merchandising and then her... The ramblings of a five to ten year old. I'm sure you know the spoilers, the so like some of the spoilers too. Yes, I I do know the general uh, outline of the story, and I know some of the uh, big hits. I know my guy Snape is wrongly accused of many nefarious deeds. Oh, is he? I have opinions about that, but we'll we'll just say that for another episode. Yeah, we'll see. I'll see. <laughs> Look, we're we are. <laughs> Four minutes in, and you're already willing to come to another episode. I'm doing a great job as the host today. Yes, you are. You're great. Well, as you know... You deserve all the praise. Oh, thank you. Thank you. (laughs) As you know, as I know you listen to this program, which I appreciate, uh, I'd like to start with a new guest. Let them introduce themselves a little bit and tell me uh, three movies that people need to watch so that the listeners get to know you. Yeah, and um, I came prepared. Oh, good. So... See, this yep, is a professional. Um, Prepared. Very. 
Um, oh my gosh, I'm such a type A personality. You have no idea. <laughs> I have notes written. So um, my three movies, the first one is Somewhere in Time. It's an older movie with Christopher Reeve, Superman. And it's a love story. And it's a really good movie. So I would really suggest anybody out there that hasn't seen it, go see it. It's really good. Um, my second one is Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers. Uh, super good. As everybody knows, the score is amazing. And um, I actually prefer that over um, Return of the King. I just saw that for the first time last summer. What? Uh, really? Well, listen, in, so in middle school, I tried to read The Lord of the Rings, and I just couldn't, mm -hmm. couldn't get into it. And I tried again like two years later, and I tried again, and I just never could get into it. So the movies came out, and I'm just like, eh, that's not for me. And so I never did. And I, then somehow that became 25 years, and then my daughter wanted to watch them. And I was like, all right, we'll watch them. And then I was like, oh, I missed out because yeah. I really enjoyed it. I, I didn't see them for the first time until I was an adult. Um, I had a pretty sheltered childhood, so um, didn't really get into a lot of stuff until I reached 18. <laughs> so um, my last movie, though, is Pride and Prejudice, the Keira Knightley version. I know that the purist will go after me, but I don't even care. It's a very artistic film, and I like it. Yeah, that's a good, I have uh that's a good movie. Listen, you gave a wide variety of responses there. I, that's what I like to hear. Thank you. Yeah, um Lord of the Rings actually got me into the fantasy genre. Really? I feel like it's been that way for a lot of people though who write fantasy. It's um Lord of the Rings is a huge inspiration as far as fantasy writers. Well, that would make sense. It's it's one of the more Mhm. Mm uh, famous ones, so that that would make sense. So we've got Lord of the Rings, Pride and Prejudice. So we have, and what was what's the title of the third one? I've forgotten it. Somewhere in time. Somewhere in time. So and we've got three movies with uh, all have a hint, a hint of romance in them. Well, yeah, of course. <laughs> I can't like get really into something that doesn't have a, at least a spark of romance in it because it's all part of the fantasy, you know? Yeah, I, I can see that. That makes sense. All right. I can, I can uh, get where you're coming from with those. So mm -hmm. for everyone listening, if you haven't seen those three, you got, then that's what you need. Now, then you will know. So you've got your, let's see, this will come out on Tuesday. So you will have your next weekend's viewing. Uh, for you. So you've helped out all the listeners. You're do, welcome. Do you think those three movies are available for Australian listeners? I've just recently discovered I have a couple people that listen every episode they've listened to in Australia. Ooh, um, I'm not sure about somewhere in time if it's anywhere in streaming. I'm sure that you could um, rent it from YouTube or something, though, if you're willing to spend the money on it. But it's really good. It stars Christopher Reeve. And that is enough enticement that you need. <laughs> well, it should be. I think. I think. Uh, I think uh, he's pretty good. You know, he can act. So he's a great actor. Yeah, I mean, he did. He did such a great job in Superman, and then even after his injury, he still, when he would go make appearances on things, he still did. The mm -hmm. you know for the limitations he had, I always felt like, man, that that guy can still go. Yeah, he had a huge emotional weight. Um, I think I've only ever seen him appear on Smallville. Oh, yeah, I remember that. But yeah. Yeah. 
He was in there for a few episodes, I think. That was like in storage yeah, really in good. my brain until you just you like brought it back to the forefront there. <laughs> Flashback to the past. Well, when I watched Smallville, I was still at home and I had a TV in my bedroom which only got the bottom half of the screen. Like there was something wrong with the TV. So you only could see from halfway down the screen to the bottom. And so and then we didn't have uh, any channels or anything, so we picked up the local NBC affiliate, the uh, religious affiliate, and when uh, it wasn't WB then, it was, um, I don't remember what it was called then, but it was WB, and or maybe it was WB at that point. But So for a long time when I would watch uh, Smallville and Seventh Heaven, you could only see the bottom half of what was happening. You just opened up my brain with Seventh Heaven. Seventh Heaven. Oh, see, <laughs> Feather Seventh Heaven fan. It's so yeah, bad. Um, it it was really bad. I remember. Okay, I think I watched it. Um, my family really watched it when we were. Oh my gosh, when, it was still the nineties. I think it was. I was really young, really really young. So I only remember snippets. I don't think I remember a lot of the storylines. But I've seen um, some clips, and I'm like, ooh. I didn't really age well, did it? No, it, it's it's not it's not great. It wasn't great then, but uh, I it mean, it was kind of a phenomenon. Yeah, I mean, people got excited. Well, WB pushed it. It was it was all they had. Mm-hmm. And then they had Charmed, I guess. And then they could say, well, let's back off the Seventh Heaven a little bit. And then they added, you know, Smallville, and that was their explosion. And then they tried Birds of Prey, and I really liked that, but it, everyone else hated it, so that was mm-hmm. dead in the water. So. Yeah. <laughs> and then they had Angel. They got Angel. I really enjoyed that. So that was my, like, Tuesday night, maybe, was Angel and then Smallville. Buffy. See, I've ne- I never watched Buffy. I She kind of annoys me, so. <laughs> I've never seen it either. Faith. I was a Faith guy. Get rid of, you know, she came over to Angel with Angel, so there was Angel and Faith, and I was like, well, this is it. I I never need to watch this other program. Right. She had that little That's bit of an edge to her. You know, Buffy was a little too goody two-shoes for me. And Faith wore a leather jacket, so that really put her into a different category. There you go, yep. Um, I think that um, Buffy has a cult following, though. But you had to, like, be... It's one of those you-had-to-be-there moments. Very much. People, like, if they like Buffy... There's no, like... There's no people that like Buffy. They love Buffy. Or they don't care about it at all. They're very indifferent, yes. There's almost no people that hate it. It's just they don't care. Like, I don't hate Buffy. That's <laughs> Buffy's fine, whatever. If people want to watch Buffy, they can watch Buffy. But yeah. But the people that are like, oh, man, it's the greatest thing. There's a song. There's a musical episode. There's everything you could ever want. And I'm like, okay, as long as you like it, if you're happy, I'm happy. Right. <laughs> so now's the part that is the most awkward for me. I haven't figured this out yet. It's transitions. You write. So I feel like... You can just, and you don't, I've, I've read a lot of spider Who I've read all 67, 68. It's 67. 67. I couldn't remember if the last one was 67. So there's lots of transitions in there as you switch between the Peter and MJ storyline and then maybe just the MJ storyline and then to the Spider-Man action scenes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but a lot of times authors can just cheat. I need to transition out of this. I'm just going to end the chapter. Next chapter. There's my transition. Oh, yeah. I am so evil when it comes to ending a chapter on cliffhangers. 
it's um, one of the greatest joys I have in life. And I love torturing my readers with them. See, I haven't had to really experience that yet because I came in at 65. Yes. Um, but it was before um, they finally got together. I basically add, like ended every chapter on a cliffhanger. And it was to the point where they were calling me the true villain of the story <laughs> compared to like the Green Goblin or anything. Now that I've read, I mean, I got to see the breaks, but then I could just immediately skip ahead. So I get what they're saying. I mean, you really teased that out over many. Yeah. I mean, oh, it's going to happen. And then you pull it away for 20 more uh, episodes of the story. Yes. Oh, my gosh. I loved teasing it i loved like dangling it in front of their faces it was very enjoyable for me and i do not regret it well no now, and now you're i mean now you're 60 how many do do you have the rough word count it's over four hundred thousand words it's um just creeping on five hundred thousand words i think all I need to hit is one more chapter that's like twenty thousand words and will definitely hit the 500,000 mark. So, wow, that's that's incredible. That's just very incredible. And it it's very good. Thank like, you. It's very it's I mean, I could not I I started reading it and I had it, I heard about it uh from our interactions on Twitter and I was like, "Oh, that, mm -hmm. I might I'd like to try to read this cuz regular Spider-Man is so terrible and there's a lot of a lot of good buzz about your story." And so I said, I need to read this, and I, you know, things get busy, and finally there was a a, a day I had a, a couple minutes, and I opened it up, and then all of a sudden, like, an hour was gone, and then that weekend came, and I'm just, like, devouring it, and then the next couple days, like, I'm taking my lunch break, and I'm working through it, and uh, I get home, and there's a, a brief period of time where I'm, like, preparing dinner and getting some chores done before the rest of my family gets home, and I'm, like, doing all that and like reading like oh, I'm going to read two paragraphs and then I'm going to come over here and like turn this food over and then I'm going to and then finally I got to the next weekend and I was like I'm just going to I'm turning this out and I just blazed through the rest of it and I was able to get caught up and then I was then spoiled as you put two episodes out uh two issues what what do we call these chapters there's still chapters, chapters. right two chapters yes. like pretty quickly so I was very spoiled Oh, I thought you meant that somebody spoiled the story for you. I'm like, no. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> well, and you put the last one came out while I was on the bus coming back from Washington, D.C., which is, you know, like a seven hour, like you drained of all your energy. You have nothing left in the tank. Most of the kids are back there, like struggling to stay awake. So they're not an issue. And I'm like scrolling through Twitter and you drop that. And I was like, it was like manna from heaven came down. And I was like, yes. And so I was able to just. Uh, I look behind me and my colleagues are asleep. So I'm like, ah, hopefully nothing happens. And then like right after that, the bus driver like slammed the brakes and we about hit a tire that just randomly came across the road. Uh, but we didn't, she did a nice job. And then I said, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to read through this because this could be it. This could be the end of the time. And I need to at least finish. It was very spicy for any listeners out there. It was very spicy. I'll say that. I'm still blushing from when I posted it. <laughs> no, it, was, it was the right amount of spiciness that had been earned over the previous 450,000 words. Mm -hmm. So That's the beauty of a slow burn, though. It's 
the buildup and the tension, it keeps rising and rising and rising. And when you finally get to that pivotal point, it's well-earned and it feels deserved. And it has that sort of like swelling feeling in your heart when you finally reach that point. Yeah. So don't skip ahead. No, don't skip ahead. You got you to gotta read it. It's all, everything is good. It's all good. It's a great little story. It's not little. It's a great story. There's no little part about yeah, it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely massive. not little. It's a tome <laughs> of... Uh, now, we've talked uh, previously, and you've, you've said this is your like love letter to Spider-Man and Mary Jane, and I thought that was just so interesting to hear that and then to see uh, and read it. And once you... I had already read it at that point when we talked about that, and mm-hmm. to just then add that piece of information to it, like you really then could see it as you, as I thought back over what I had read. Yes, it is definitely my love letter to um, Spider-Man and Mary Jane, just because not only the fact that they're not together in the comics right now and they are deliberately being kept apart, but also this is my childhood and I just love the fact that they had this buildup over the decades and we got to experience it, live with it. And now in the comics, they kind of make it sort of meaningless. And not only that, too, there's also no accurate um, Mary Jane depiction in any sort of media outside of the comics. They don't have her depicted in the bubbly sort of fashionista style at all. So I kind of wanted to pay homage to the Mary Jane that I read when I was growing up. And I hope that I did pay enough homage to her and did her justice. I I feel like you did. Now, I mean, our um, lens of Mary Jane could be very similar. And so then I'm just like, okay, this, yeah, this makes sense. But Mm -hmm. uh, so there could be some bias there, but I, I thought it went very I thought it was perfect. So if that was your goal, I I feel like you did a nice job. Thank you. I appreciate that. So obviously you wrote, you have a 500,000 words for Spider-Man. So you like Spider-Man, which doesn't necessarily mean you like comics, but I know you do. So there's my awkward transition into how did you get into comics? What are you, uh, you know, when did it start? What did you like? Do you still read comics? And if so, you know, what, what's on your table now or in your hand? it on tablet are you a tablet reader are you a, a trade reader are you a graphic novel only are you a i don't think you're a uh what floppies that's what they call them. that's such a dumb name so i don't um read comics so much anymore i'm not too much into the modern stuff for obvious reasons but when i was younger i only ever read spider-man comics and that was because um when i was a kid i was really into reading and I was at Barnes and Noble one day, and there they were selling the Essentials Spider-Man line. I don't know if you know what that is. Yep. So the so for anyone that doesn't, Essentials line was um, Marvel at some point realized like, hey, we have all these issues that people can't get unless they spend hundreds of dollars. So we're going to put fifty ish issues, forty issues, however many it was, twenty maybe, all together in a bound book, and it's going to be black and white and. Uh, but they're only like 20 bucks. So they're super inexpensive and you get everything but the color. Is that correct? Yes. And it actually went all the way up till um, Amazing Spider-Man number 248, I think it was. And it started with Amazing Fantasy number 15 for obvious reasons. 
Um, so I actually found a volume of that when I was perusing, um, I think I was around like seven years old and I was immediately captivated. I don't even think it was the first volume, but, um, they didn't have all the volumes in stock all at the same time. So it became sort of a scavenger hunt for me to try to track them all down to complete my collection. And I would save up my money, my tours money, just to be able to have the chance to buy them. And I would just soak it all in whenever I finally got a new volume. And I would just read them over and over and over again. So I'm very knowledgeable about like the Stanley run and all the old comics. When it comes to the more modern ones, I'm not as adept. I'm a little bit hazy on the details. I kind of have a gist of what's going on. But... Yeah, I mean, that is my introduction to Spider-Man. And I don't really read any other comic book hero. Uh, but I do love about the Essential line is that this is going to make me a little bit controversial. But I, I love that it's in black and white. <laughs> and part of that is because um, when you look at it in color for the first time, you don't realize how much highlighter yellow there is. <laughs> In the older comics, especially in the background, all the walls were yellow and they were wearing yellow. And I get that it was like a color that was easy for them to color in. Right. But it's straining on the eyes. I will say that. Well, so this, I have a preference for the black and white. Well, this it's funny. The same thing happens with there's so many um, redheads from comic books, because if you had a character who was not a superhero so they didn't have a bright costume or uh but they were an important character if you gave them red hair they would stand out yeah so the black so now see i the essentials i remember the essentials line so i started with just regular uh it, it's single issues and i remember seeing the first essentials i ever saw was wolverine's volume one and i was real excited because it was uh so inexpensive i was like oh i can read the story and and then it was in black and white, and that, as a, a kid, really irritated me. And so I, ref I was like, nope, never doing this. And so for a long time, I then I went through a weird thing because, I mean, I was a teenager and I had a job, so and that was where all my money essentially went was comic books. So I was like, cool, I would buy the issues and read them as they came out, and then they, you know, they would go and be put away. And then I would then buy the trade when it came out so I could reread the stories over and over and over. What a foolish decision. I don't do that nonsense anymore. I buy, you know, they get read, you know, I'm not a Neanderthal. I can open a comic back out of the bag and read it again. And then, of course, there's the online, which provides. But I, the essentials, they were great, though, like you said, because you got so many of the stories and it went in the order and it was, in a, you know, a kid, anyone could get it. Like nowadays, you can't buy comics if you're a, a kid. They're so expensive. Yeah. Um, part of it too is that you got that continuity and you got the build up between um, Peter and Mary Jane and their whole love story, which is so misunderstood by people who don't know it. Oh, that is, that's, of course, I knew this before you came on, but that is a wonderful music to my ears to hear somebody that agrees with the correct answer instead of the uneducated answer. <laughs> well, I am very educated. So, of course, I would agree with that. <laughs> So let, we're going to go right into it now. Everyone get ready. The next two hours and 93 minutes of this podcast are going to be the first of Brooklyn and I's 27-part Spider-Man series. Uh, we're going to start <laughs> with a few MJ 
and Peter Parker moments to get it greased up. And then we're going to talk about our hatred for Felicia Hardy. So, I uh, guess <laughs> I love it. Um, we could start with Mary Jane. All right, let's start with that. Yeah, perfect. Um, do you want me to just talk about what I love about her? Yes, let's go with that. The people want to listen okay. to you, they hear me all the time, they want to hear you talk. Okay, absolutely. Okay, so I was drawn to I think Mary Jane's independent nature first when I was a little girl. And also her bubbly personality. She was just so carefree. And that was very inspirational to a little girl who was just as shy as I was. So she was definitely an icon. And she deserves the mantle. Absolutely. And I hate that what she's going through in the um, comics right now. They're definitely assassinating her character. I hate every minute of it. I do as well. Uh you know, it, and good writers can pull out of bad situations, um, but man, I, f I feel like this would be very tough. Yeah. Well, a lot of people um, think that Peter chose to date Gwen over Mary Jane in the older comics, nope. but it's actually a lot more complicated than that. Um, Mary Jane and Gwen had a bit, a bit of a rivalry, and a part of that was fighting over the attention of Peter. But due to like Mary Jane's past with her family, and then um, she found that she couldn't settle down at the time in her life with Peter or anybody in that general. So, and that was because of her abusive father and her parents' divorce. Right. She had a lot of issues. So she felt that she couldn't really settle with anyone. She wanted to be a free spirit. So Peter went with the safer option at the time, and that was Gwen. Right. And then what people like to ignore was, I mean, Gwen hated Spider-Man and. Oh, with a passion. And that's like, that's the thing that makes Mary Jane great. Like, uh, you know, everyone that likes to say Black Cat, well, Black Cat hates Peter Parker. And Gwen hates yeah. Spider-Man, whereas Mary Jane likes both. Like she understands that's his whole. That it needs both parts. If you have just one, it, it's not the whole person. So. And she's right. accepting of both both halves. Now, see, you came in and you came in with those, got all that early stuff. When I came in, Peter and MJ were married, which I know is the big, the big hubbub for Marvel now. But like that's where I started. Mm -hmm. So between, if I the rare times I would get a comic, which was very infrequently, like they're married, or they married and left because some of them would be Clone Saga books, or I had the TV show where. Uh, Peter dates around with F Felicia, yawn, but mostly it's a Mary Jane in that as well. So it was just like, here's this person who has to take on, you know, she has all these things happening happening in her own life with uh, her career and these stalkers and all these other issues that came up for MJ. And then when Peter slash Spider-Man has these situations like she's still there for them and then they would do i don't know crazy things i guess according to current current uh marvel like you know work through them and help each other and and she would be that like strong voice and then once i finally was able to get them month to month it was um like two issues into the mary jane had just came back to life from being blown up in their first attempt to get rid of her in an airplane and then uh, j michael straczynski came on and so like 
one of the most famous and popular comic runs ever. And I mean, they just mm -hmm. just go into all these details and you see where like it's not some. I'm going to say foolish where it's just like, oh, it's, it's clearly Peter and she just, you know, is in the background or it's just her. Like it's both of them like they carry each other through. It makes it very real because. You know, he's going through struggles and she helps him and she's going through struggles and then he's helping her and they work together and they both make mistakes and it doesn't like implode everything. They just work through it. So that was like my. Right. It's very relatable. Yeah. One of my favorite issues is actually and this the scene and part of this is a very popular thing, but like they when Peter Parker's. um Identity is not known yet, but they're living in Stark Tower, and she's seen getting out of the car there, and so all these paparazzi come around and are like, oh, here's this school teacher's wife, and she's this former model and this, excuse me, this failed actress, and she uh, must be with Tony Stark. And so then it causes this whole hub love, and Peter comes in there, and he the only thing he cares about is how MJ's doing, and then, of course, Wolverine has to make his comments and he gets thrown out the unbreakable like 40th story uh, window. And then all Peter cares about is MJ. Okay. Um, which is mm -hmm. just such a nice moment. And then also I, I always liked that because at that time they had started to kind of, I don't know. And like now, you know, Peter's not perfect either. And so one of his things was he has a little bit of a temper. And so mm -hmm. like, at that point, it was pretty muted unless it came to MJ. And then he would, it would come flying back out of there and he would make decisions that were not, um, you know, they would sometimes mess him up, which then is the same way in real life. Like sometimes people yes. get riled up about things that really aren't that big of a deal and then they make errors. But sometimes it's also justified too because it comes from that protective nature of wanting to defend his family. Sure. So, yeah, no, I, I definitely appreciate those moments because they're so like grounded in realism. And that's where Marvel misses the mark when um, it comes to, oh, Peter Parker is not relatable unless he's young and single and a bachelor. Because a lot of people, a lot of young people came into the comics the same time as you did when um, Peter and Mary Jane were married and that was always the status quo for them. And they were able to relate to it no problem whatsoever. And there's just so many good stories you can tell with a married Peter and married Jane. It's just kind of common sense, especially when they start having family and they have the kids in the mix. Right. There's just so many wonderful stories they could tell and Marvel's just kind of stupid. <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to outright say it. They're stupid for not going down that route. Well, especially when they have easy ways to keep like I mean you have for sure two clones. Uh like you know, you could have Ben Riley doing the single whatever life and then if you I mean you really want Black Cat with I mean she loves Spider-Man. She doesn't care about Peter. Well then it seems like putting her with Kane, who is Scarlet Spider, he doesn't really care about being the normal guy. He just wants to go around and fight bad guys. Well, if that's what Black Cat wants, there you go. Then they have all yep. three of their bases covered. And if they need super young Spider-Man, that's why you have Miles, who people like. 
Right. So now all of a sudden you have four sweet Spider-Man titles. And if you really want to, you can have a fifth one where it's, you know, when they're teaming up or, you know, you have lots of names. You can, you know, web spinners and Tangled Web could come back. And all of a sudden you can have all of them in that that story. Yeah. Or you could have them have kids. And as those kids grow up and you grow up with those kids, they start to discover that they have powers too. There's so many interesting stories that you can tell with that dynamic. I mean, what if they have multiple kids and one of the kids is not showing um, signs of any powers and they feel like the black sheep of the family and what an interesting dynamic that would be. Um, And then also you could tell a young next generation Spider-Man story with Peter Parker and Mary Jane's kids. And you could have the soap opera come from that angle as far as like introducing new characters and also like delving into new love interests for the kids as they start to get older and reaching adulthood. And then Peter and Mary Jane can be there as a support and still living their lives as well. And you can you can go the opposite way if all, both kids have powers and then all of a sudden, you know, Mary Jane is feeling like, well, I'm, you know, I'm left out or I'm the, you know, am I the issue? Because she like we we talked about, she has a lot of family trauma from her um, very messed up childhood. And so, you know, maybe some of that starts to come back. And so then that can be a whole story. And then, you know, I know the argument is always, well, if all of a sudden the kids start aging, that's making them old. It's comic books. You can you can yeah. a age them up. Very easily, you can do whatever nonsense you need to do if that was your issue. It's uh, one of my favorite Fantastic Four characters is Valerie, which is Reed and Sue's daughter. But before, um, one of my favorite issues with her is she comes as like a teenager. But the confusion they have is that she knows Sue is her mom, but Doom is her dad. And then it goes through this whole, you know, a few issues later, you find out there's some, uh, who knows, Buck Wild story that Reed is in Doom's armor and gets trapped in it. And so he just, like, she knows him as Doom, not as Reed. And so then they send her back to her timeline or whatever craziness happened. But it's very easy to just go pull, you know, you have them as little kids and then they can age up a little bit. And if they're super popular, no one's going to mind. And you still have Peter and you still have, MJ and you get all these other great stories that they don't really tell in Mar- DC has started a little bit they tell some flash stories with his family and they tell some superman ones but mm-hmm. Marvel even with their the only one they really have is the Fantastic 4 and most of their stuff is them ignoring the kids so yeah which is sad because i feel like especially in this day and age people are craving wholesome content we gravitate towards it. So when we see something with a wholesome family working together as a unit, we can't help but gravitate towards it. Yeah. Th- yeah. I, I totally agree. Like if this, you know, the world is kind of crazy and scary. So that's my big frustration with Spider-Man right now. Like I don't want to like that's That's a place for me to like get out. And so if I try to go read it and it's just very frustrating, like I can just, continue to live life and do that like why would i want to i want to go here and be right i mean i remember buying spider-man and and this is not a oh when i was a kid it was better like i remember buying spider-man before the current writer came on 
Um, I got about six issues before uh, Nick Spencer left, and every like I was like, "Oh, great! This is Spider Man Day. This is great. This is Spider Man Day." And I'd be pumped. And now, when every issue comes out, I'm like, "Oh, well, I guess I woke up today. That's good." And it's right. just, it just starts the day in like a negative, um, a negative spin. Yeah, there's a negative undertone to it for sure. Um, whenever there's a drop um, for the next issue of ASM, I know that there's definitely a rage pool <laughs> happening on Twitter. Um, and everybody is just so worked up about it. And it's the reason why is because we grew up with this character so we feel an emotional connection to him. And we don't want to see him or Mary Jane or really any other character we've grown attached to throughout our childhood be tortured in this sense. Like, there's never any wins. Yes. It's all just like a very somber, like torturous mood and ambiance to the comics that it's just not even enjoyable to read. It's not an escapism. That it's meant to be. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, I still wouldn't like... And my thing is, is like, uh, Batman is a good example. I do not like Batman comics. He is so much of a sourpuss that I just... He's <laughs> so dour. Look at me. Blah, blah. I'm so... I'm grumpy. I can't stand it. But a lot of people really like that. So I just... Okay, that's not for... Batman's not for me. Nightwing? My guy. Basically Batman, but happy. So he's he's where it's at. But yep. in Spider-Man, I I mean, it's like 20 to 1 or more that are like 20 people hate it. I mean, hate it. And then there'll be one that likes it. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. And usually they're the type of person that just has come into the comics and they don't have that history of reading the older comics whatsoever. Right. And then some of them like that is the case. And then some of them go back and read and they're like, what in the heck was this? Why is this happening? Right. And it's first and sometimes it gets frustrating because there's like some there's some ideas that are still good. Like, you know, having him fight Tombstone is fine. Like, I know people like want street level Spider-Man, but that's sometimes frustrating for me because realistically, like he's not he's super powerful. Yes. Like he can pull his punches literally yeah like he pulls his punches like i love captain america and wolverine and let's say i don't know cyclops but spider-man could mop them up like pretty handily if he really needed to right like he has the sense when they're going to attack he can dodge he's got web sling he's i mean he lifts buildings from time to time particularly when he's with yeah. mary jane less so when he's not um but it's just I don't know. It just it's it's wild to me that that that's easy money laying there to just put them together. And then we can do all these other stories. And instead of starting in a very negative spot, we already start with some positivity. And then uh, and then you can. Oh, this story was, you know, like the and it is some of it is nitpicking like on oh, the um, summary. It said it was 18 months. And in the story, it says it was a year. And yes, that should be caught. Like you're you're paid to do that. Everyone makes mistakes, but it's gets amplified because everyone is so grouchy about it. Right. Everybody is nitpicking um, any sort of obvious error. Yeah. Where if Peter and MJ are together, you know, people will be like, okay, like yeah, they messed up. That happens. And then 
Um, and my other thing, uh, someone I read this somewhere, so this wasn't me. I wish it was because it's a great, a great thought. Like, if you're gonna say like we have this status quo and we need to stay with it, it's a lot easier to like tease they're having marital problems and then just nope, they're actually still married. Like they've worked it out. Than it is to I'm with MJ and now we're not together and I'm with some other clown and then now I'm back with MJ like. Like, that's so much more work, A, to get to those spots, and B, it just creates a lot of grumpiness. A lot of divi- It creates a lot of division, too, because now there's these shipping wars that are happening within the fandom that weren't really as prevalent as before when, like, one more day. Right. So now there's a divide in the fandom. And people are wanting Mary Jane to be killed off with their black um, cat fans. And, you know, honestly, just the way that they're treating Black Cat's character, too. If I were a Black Cat fan, I would not be happy. No, I'd, for be, one. I'd be furious if, if I, I were. <laughs> um, we're going to have to save it, though. I told you this was going to go quick and you weren't going to believe it. Can you believe it's weird? Like we got like four minutes left. That is so crazy. <laughs> I tell everyone. I have that, all these notes about Felicia too and my gripes, so we're just gonna have to save that for another episode. Listen, you're, in you're, you're gonna have to come back, and it's we're just gonna talk about. We didn't get to writing trips. Like I was very excited to talk about this. is This is a poor hosting. I let us talk too long about our love of Mary Jane and Peter, and I should have moved us along. No, I told you before I came on that I could talk for hours about my love for Spider-Man. And I do not know how to summarize my thoughts as is exampled by the nearly 500,000 words that I wrote for Spider-Who. Listen, that, <laughs> just, how to end it. that just makes it eat. Like I can say, oh, hey, do you want to come on again? And then if you're like, yes, then I'm like, oh, good. We've already got we're ready. We've got our topics ready to go. We can just get a quick update and go right into right into these things that works out very nicely for me yep let's just go (laughs) so uh we're gonna skip q a we're gonna go unless you have a question like if you what's your dying question you that i need to answer for you you've done so many gracious wonderful answering questions for me here do you have anything that you have to know you answered some of my questions is uh i was gonna ask what your history for reading spider-man comics was and you answered that right off the bat so Man. You are um, ahead of the game for that one. Well, that is awesome. Do you, um, I like to give, is there anything you want to say to the people before we get out of here today? Um, yeah. Um, go read Spider Who. It's free to read today on AO3, and it's um, ever updating. I'm taking a short hi- hiatus right now, um, but I will get back into it as soon as I am finished with work and taxes. <laughs> You're still working on those taxes? Um, well, I haven't had a chance to get to it because I had a work project that was thrown at me. So, oh, I see. Um, yeah. Also, follow me on Twitter at BrooklynVTC1. And um, there I update for any news. And I just love to vibe about comic book characters on there. So, reach out to me anytime. Yes. I, again, I have recommended it like 10 times in here. That's very legitimate. This is not a, uh, I think all of you have figured it out. I'm pretty, uh, here, here's what I think about stuff. I don't really, uh, come up with any nonsense like i'm not gonna ever have you know uh the editor-in-chief of marvel is probably never coming on this program even if i get picked up by netflix netflix still still available matt and i are willing to do two hours a day if he did come on it would be a grilling session 
you know, and the thing is, is like he's a human, and and all, and I, you know, all that. Just I just have a lot of questions about decisions he makes. Like, and yes. some of them are good. Like they've done. Like he has done an excellent job to bring in new artists and writers from around the world. That is a good thing. My yeah. main thing is just I don't I, I just don't. Like I I said this recently, uh, Disney just fired the person that was kind of in head the head of Marvel Comics. Like, if it's me, I'm using that to just go ahead and put Peter and MJ back together. Even if I don't agree, I'm just saying, all right, this you know we couldn't do it, and now we can, and let people make their own. The people are going to assume it was that guy, even if it wasn't him. And yeah, then you get all this goodwill and credit. Disney can have two years of Peter and MJ getting married at Disney. World, no, Disneyland. Disney World is in Florida. Can't use Marvel. Disneyland can. I think that's right. I never knew that. That's interesting. So Universal has, Universal Studios has all, the majority of the Marvel theme park rights east of the Mississippi. But the rest of the world, Disney has them. So that's why like Avengers Campus is in California. But nobody cared about Guardians of the Galaxy before 10 years ago, so... That's why they can use Guardians of the Galaxy at Disney, but like Spider Man and Cap. That's why Universal has the weird event, superhero land, Marvel land. I forget what they call it, but um, yeah, when it comes to superhero and like uh, um, the rights to superheroes, it's very convoluted. That's yes. for sure. So if they, so it would have to be in Disneyland. But every day, Peter and MJ get married. If you come to the wedding ceremony, you get a comic cover that's only available there because they would have them get remarried in comics and that can be a whole thing and have 97 variant covers that I would probably buy every single one of like it'd be people would think that guy has a, a problem like he's bought every cover there's something wrong well, with especially after all this time that they've been apart it would be a huge thing for comic book readers oh, 100%. to have Peter and Mary Jane back together to the point that they would soak it all up. They would make so much money and they just don't realize it. It's just kind of crazy and mind boggling to me. I would agree. Hey, Brooklyn gave you all her socials. Uh, go on there. You got to go read the, the spider who story. It's absolutely tremendous. You can tell me what you liked, disliked, and you can reach me on Twitter at Nexus Cowboy. There's a lot of uh, comic book talk for me and occasionally some makerspace since I do a lot of making. So that is, the other, but mostly it's me talking to my comic gang, and uh, and then you can also send those if you don't use Twitter or it's collapsed at that point at pursuedquestions at gmail.com. I want to thank all of the listeners. I want to thank Matt for producing as usual, and Brooklyn. I want to give a special thanks to you for taking some time out of your day and coming on and working with the schedule so you could do this. Yeah, it was a pleasure. I have a lot of fun talking about Spider Man with you. Well, great. I had a lot of fun as well. Hopefully, we can. Uh, get you back on and uh, talk some more about we can go to part two of our 27 part series about Spider-Man, which will actually be the deconstruction of the terrible Felicia Hardy, black cat. I'll be three episodes for sure. At least oh, it's, it'll all be worth it. Hey, it will be very worth it. Uh, and with that, I want to remember, remember that is not what I want to say. Remind, don't cut that out, Matt. Let people know I made an error. I want to <laughs> remind everyone that all of us will run out of years. No matter what you do, you're going to run out of years. But most people don't use up all their miles. Use your miles. Take advantage of them. Go do things. Find something that can become your next 
pursued interest.